0: In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Welcome, everyone, to the well in part four of Digging Deeper, Treasures of the Ancient Faith. We've been digging, digging, digging. This is week four in the final week of the series. We've been going through the beautiful treasures of our church, and hopefully, you learned one thing or two. If you haven't, please feel free to go through again and catch up. On anything you missed, the church is alive. The church is beautiful, with beautiful treasures. We learned the first week about the tradition of the church being handed down through the apostles to us. We learned about the liturgy in the second section. And we learned last week about friendship with the saints. Today, we need to speak about the unity of the church. Now, why is this so important? We can't do anything, and I want you to hear this clearly. We can't do anything unless we're united with the church. Outside the church, we can't survive. It's unity to the church, but unity to God and unity with each other. That's what makes our church so unique. We must be united, we must be connected in order to have life. Now you know the church over the years and centuries has had challenges and temptations taking it and heresies coming about to try to break the unity of the church. But the church remains intact. Unity is one of the blessings we have in the church. There's a story of a Columbia University graduate student. He said something interesting about the symphony orchestra, and I want you to hear this because it's going to help me share my point. In a symphony orchestra, you know there's many different instruments. Listen to what they said about each other. This is the people from the different instruments, what they said about the other people. Their percussionists were viewed as insensitive, unintelligent, hard of hearing, yet fun-loving. That's the percussionist. Listen to the string players. The string players were seen as arrogant, stuffy, and unathletic. The brass players were loud and overwhelming. The woodwind players were held in the highest esteem, described as quiet, meticulous, though a bit egotistical. Every single instrument, they had their view. But what made the orchestra play such beautiful music if everybody looked negatively about each other? What made it is that they were all looking at who? Every instrument in orchestra was looking at the, the conductor. They were eyes on the conductor. And they were able to play beautiful music together because they were united by looking at the conductor. We have our own conductor. We have our own God who gave us the church and, and himself to keep us from, from being divided. It looks like we're all different, with different instruments, different talents, different gifts. But when we're looking at the conductor, and we're looking at God, and we're united in the church, that's how we can play our own beautiful music. The best model of the church unity, as you can see here and in your handout, is the Holy Trinity why is the Holy Trinity the best think about it for a second there's the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit why are they a model of unity because actually the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit each one has their own there are three persons but one nature one essence one God so they are three and they have individual differences but they're still one they have something unique about each one of them you can't say that the Son is the same as the Holy Spirit. You can't say that the Father is the same. They're each unique, but they are the best model of how they work together. And actually, to give you more understanding of the Holy Trinity, I want to teach you a new word today. I want you to say this new word with me today. The relationship between the persons of the Trinity is perichoresis. Can you say it with me? Perichoresis. Let's say it one more time. Perichoresis. Not peri-peri, guys. Perichoresis. Perichoresis. One more time. What does perichoresis mean? I want you to learn this word. I learned this when I was doing some theological training. I love this word because it means that each person of the Holy Trinity is unique and distinct, but they're all one. In Greek, this means, actually, actually, it's really nice when you go to a, a Greek festivity or a Greek wedding, you usually have three people doing a dance together. You can't have two. By the way, there's a dance in Greek called perichoresis where there's three dancing and they're twirling. Have you ever seen this before? And they're twirling around, right? And they're twirling around so fast that after some time, guess what? You don't see three people anymore, you just see one. You don't see three people, you see one. That's perichoresis. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, they have a dance of love between each other. And after some time, you can see them as one. This is what our church wants to teach you and me. We need to have perichoresis. We need to be united with each other, with God, and this church. You know, when you talk about the apostolic church, if we're not united, we can't survive. If we're not connected to each other and to God, we can't survive. And that's one of the most important points, that we can't survive without the church, the unity with the church. And the relationship of this unity is called perichoresis. Choresis, this dance of love. We should be like that. Guess what? You're different than me. And I'm different than you, and you're different than each other. But usually what happens when you have differences? You say, oh, they're different, I can't hang out with you. Or, I don't have anything in common with you. Do you know what I have to say to that? That's the point of unity. It's unity through diversity. Unity through differences. You know, they always say when people get married, oh, I married my opposite. That's not by like, chance or luck. That's by design. You're supposed to meet. Why would you marry someone just like you? You is enough. You don't need another one like you, right? So you is enough. There's another one. It's different, right? Me and I are totally, totally opposites. If we want to get into the details later, I can tell you. But we balance each other out in unity. I need her. She needs me. You guys need each other. In this church, unity to this church is that differences are good, but we're still one. We're still perichoresis. We're going around together. At some point, you can't see that it's three people. You can't see that it's 50 people. You can see that it's one. That is the model of unity that our church is teaching. If you want to pick up anything from the Orthodox churches, that we must be united with God, united with each other, through the church. The church is the central point of that. So Let's make sure that we keep that in mind. Let's go in a little bit more detail Of Christ, one of the Trinity is Christ, the Son, is the head, and we are His body. He is the head, we are the body, you've heard that a million times, but His body is not divided. You can't say God's hands are separate from from Him. You can't say God's feet are separate. We are His body individually, different members, but we are still one. When a church says, hey, those people are divided with each other, or those leaders are divided with each other. Or those people, they don't, they're not like me, they're different. Different is good. We had in Zambia something very nice and beautiful. Uh, we had um, in our church, and especially you can see it clearly during the resurrection feast or Christmas nativity feast, we had uh, the Zambian choirs, we had Egyptian choirs, we had Ethiopian and Eritrean choirs. And I'm telling you, If you want to see and taste heaven, that was, I always remember those times when different choirs are singing, but you know the beauty of it is when the Ethiopian choirs were singing, everybody else was singing. When the Egyptian choir was singing, everybody else, but we don't even know what the language, they don't even know what the words are. So they're singing to be connected with each other. They were different, but still united. That's what it means to be in an Orthodox church, that we are different, unique, but we, we we look at it as I don't have anything in common. That's incorrect. We have a lot in common. He's the head. We are his body. We belong. Actually, if we're his body, that means we belong to each other. You know that clearly when we look at Ephesians chapter one, and He put all things under His feet and gave Him to be head over all things to the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills all in all. We are His body, but He fills us with His fullness. Did you get that verse? Please, look at that verse very clearly. That verse is so, so, so important. You want to be full? You want to be filled by God? It's in the body. It's in the church. You can't be full outside the church. The church is where we have the head and the body working together. And it says, His fullness fills us all. That's so important, guys. We must be connected. To Christ, the Church, other—imagine what that would look like. There's another verse in First Corinthians it says, "You are the body of Christ, and members individually. We are individuals, but we're still one." I think you get the point. Maybe to make it more clear, let's look at this um, quote here: "Being His body is not a mere metaphor or symbol, but an organic, tangible, and even physical reality." What I want to say to you is. I don't want you to go around and say, yes, we're united in the body of Christ. It's a real thing. Okay? Let me ask you guys when you get to know each other in the church, do you meet someone who looks different, talks different, acts different, different personality? You should. You don't have the same personality as everybody, they don't have the same as you. And some people would say, no, they're a Democrat or they're Republican or they're so and so. That doesn't look, differences are going to be there but there's a reality. When you're in the church, you still belong to each other. This one believes in that. This one believes we are still, it's not a symbol that we're His body. We're really clearly His body. We're members of His body, of His flesh, and of His bones. In Ephesians, it mentions that. More clearly, look at this quote by St. John Chrysostom. Eve was created from the side of the first Adam. The church is born from the body of the new Adam, Jesus Christ. Did you guys get that? Eve came from Adam. She was born from there. We are born from the side of Christ. We're part of him. We belong to him. We're nourished by him. Guys, I don't want you to, I know you guys know the importance of the church, but I'm telling you guys, it's not just attending church is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about attending church and being united with God and each other. That's why we always tell you in coffee hour, hey, get to know each other. We're not just doing that because we want you just to get to know each other. We want want to truly be not a symbol. If we are from the side of Jesus Christ, as Eve is from Adam, we should all be part of him. We're bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. You know what happens to a united church? One must be united to Christ, the vine, through the vineyard of the church in order to be nourished by the divine sap that flows from it. Did you guys get that? You will never, and I will never, be nourished. Do you ever feel weak, empty, down? Feel like, man, I can't. The nourishment is coming from the unity of the vine. Christ, vine, the vineyard of the church, we are nourished by His divine sap. Guys, this is what may be missing from our life. Like, you know you know why I'm talking about this today? Because I'm, I, I always fear that when we talk about the treasures of the church, we talk about knowledge. Knowledge and practice, like being part of this church in the Orthodox, and we talked about tradition, we talked about the saints, we talked about the liturgy, that's all important. But if we are not coming here to be connected and united with God and united with each other, then we're never going to be nourished. That's why in liturgy we say, go and greet one another with a holy kiss, and we do one of these things, and we say, okay, we're, I'm with you. That's not... Like, ritual, that's reality. We should, look, if we don't know each other, and we don't love each other, and we have differences with each other, then we're going to miss nourishment. One of the most important things the Orthodox Church teaches is we are connected to God and connected to each other. We are family. We are family. Not symbol, not metaphor, but reality, like we said. And that's how you get nourishment. Let's go into more detail from Romans. Romans chapter 11, verse 17 says... If some of the branches were broken off, and you, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and with them became a partaker of the root and fatness of the olive tree. You know what that means? That means if you were an outsider and you're not part of this church, you can actually be grafted. You know what grafted means? Like if you have like a tree, you can be like reconnected. You can be reconnected to the church. Some of us said, okay, I stopped going for a while, or I'm not really involved. you can be grafted into the church and become a partaker of all its nourishment and all of its fruits. What I'm trying to clearly say to you and to to myself and to those who are not even here today is that your survival in your life is heavily based on being connected and united with the church. Not a building, we don't even have a building. It's with the people and with God. That, that doesn't happen by chance. By the way, it doesn't happen in a coffee hour. It happens by visiting each other, spending time with each other, sacrificing your time for each other. And I'm the first one who needs to learn that and practice that as well. But that's... We all kind of were grafted into this church here. Was, isn't that true? Isn't it? We were all from different parts. I was from Zambia. and We are all kind of reconnected here. But this is a place where we can be nourished. And just kind of saying that more clearly is Christ never wanted us to live without him and with each other. Christ wanted us to live out our Christian faith together, not in isolation. People may say, well, I just go in and take communion and i leave. You take communion with the people who are also in the church, you partake of the same body and blood, but then you leave why do you think we stay around? Because we are supposed to become one. We're supposed to have, what's the Greek word? You forgot already? Perichoresis. We're supposed to have the dance of love. If, I, if you forget everything, just remember perichoresis, which is, it looks like there's three, but after a while, there's actually one. It looks like there's many of us, but after a while, there's perichoresis. There's this dance of love, There's unity of love, and we can't live in isolation. Some people would say, after church, I leave right away. I have something to do. I would say no. This is your chance to stay and enjoy each other and get to know each other more. One of the best chapters in the Bible, and I want you to follow with me, this, this is from Acts chapter 2. It's a famous chapter. It's a famous chapter. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47. Follow with me because this is the best model. We said we're the ancient Orthodox Church. Look what the ancient Orthodox Church did. Let's look. They devoted themselves to the apostles, teaching, and to the fellowship. Fellowship is right there, right? To the breaking of bread. You know what breaking of bread is? this communion. And to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and had many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together. Look at the key words and had everything in common. That's how we should be. They sold property and possessions and gave them to Abuna, Abraham. No, they sold property and possessions. I'm just joking, make sure you're awake. You're not awake, are you? They sold property and possessions to give them to anyone who had need. Okay, you probably said, we can't do that, Abuna. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. He said, that's impossible, we have work. We have so many things. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to the number daily those who are being saved. What did you notice about the... the, This is the church. We always said you love the ancient Orthodox apostolic church. That's the church. Oh, we can't practice that. Abuna, that's not practical anymore. Maybe they needed to do that. They lived in community. Anyone had a need? They helped each other. They broke bread together. They were with each other very often. They were with each other every day. So at least we can make an effort to be with each other more than once a week. Sometimes we have life groups. We say we're gonna meet weekly for some time. Sometimes we have long-term groups. Sometimes, why do we do all these things? Because we want to mimic the early church. We can't, look guys, I know you know everything I'm saying. I'm reminding you that we can't live without each other. We can't be isolated. We can't be alone. Yes, you come to liturgy on Sunday, that's a good step. Yes, we have a few minutes to talk to each other after, but that's not it. We must understand what it means to sacrifice and live and visit and pray with each other in fellowship. This is the best model for that. Like I said, I'm just telling you things that you already know. Let's move on from there. St. Cyprian of Carthage says something very nice. He says, he he can no longer have God for his father, who has not the church for his mother. If anyone could escape who was outside the ark of Noah, then he also may escape who shall be outside of the church. Did anyone escape outside of the ark of Noah? No one survived outside the ark of Noah. And I'm telling you guys, no one is going to survive outside the church. And I'm not saying that you attend, like, again, guys, you think of church, you think of Sunday. That's not what it was in the early church. The church was every day. It was their community living together. I know we, think, we say that's impossible, but we can pick up the phone and call each other. I know that's not the way anymore. We can only just message each other. We can visit each other. That's okay. I'm saying the church, how it was and how it should be, is, is together in community, living life together. Let me say it that way. It takes a great effort by every one of us. You can't say God is your father if you can't say your church is your mother. And if God is your father and church is your mother, what does that make you and me? We're family. Keep that in mind as we go through this life together. Jesus established a church so we can help each other we can support each other like I said to you earlier differences and different opinions doesn't mean we are separate it means we're diverse listen to what diversity among you you could not be a body did you see what he said? having differences and diversity is actually what makes us a body, right? if there were not great diversity among you you could not be a body if you were not a body you could not be unified if you're not one you would not be equal in honor. It is because you are not all endowed with the same gift that you are a body. Do you guys catch that? So next time you see someone who is against whatever you think is your opinion or your your way, next time you go home and you see your wife or your husband doing something in a different way, we're not a body unless we are different. Different is good. Diversity is good. That's why I pray about one more thing that maybe will happen one day in this church is that it's not all that we're from the same color, not from the same nationality, that anyone is welcome to this church. That's a real church. Diversity. Differences, different languages. I love that we have some already in our church here that we are we look different, we have different cultures. I love that. And that's what I loved as well in Zambia, in our church there. But if you don't have diversity and you don't have differences, then you're not a body and you're not a church, which I thought was really, really, really strong. I'm going to tell you a fictitious story just to prove a point, but follow with me. I'm going to read it because it's so much, okay? This is a fictitious story to make a point. This is a story of Mr. and this is story time, guys. This is a story of Mr. and Mrs. Hand, okay? You guys with me? Mr. and Mrs. What? Hand, okay? Okay. Follow with me. Try to keep up with Mr. and Mrs. Hand, okay? All right. Okay. So the Nose and the Hand were sitting in the church one day, talking. And the morning service was led by ear and the mouth. It just ended. The Hand was telling the Nose he and his family had decided to look for a different church. What? Hand, where are you going? Why are you leaving our church, Nose said. Oh, I don't know, Hand said, looking down. He was usually slower to speak than others of the church body, because he's a hand, he's not the mouth, so he's slower to speak. You get it? I guess because the church doesn't have what Mrs. Hand and I are looking for. Nose said, what are you looking for in the church? The tone in which he spoke was sympathetic. Even as he was speaking with them, he knew he dismissed Hand's answer. If the hands could see that the nose and the rest of the body were pointing to the church in the right direction, the body could do the body could do without them. Hand had to think before answering. He and Mrs. Hand liked Pastor Mouth and his family, and the minister music year meant well, but we're looking for something different, Mr. and Mrs. Hand said. We're looking for something different more for us. We tried spending time with Legs, but he, we didn't connect with him. We joined a small group with all the toes, but they kept talking about socks and shoes and odors didn't really interest us. Nose looked at him this time with a genuine dismay. Aren't you glad they're concerned with odors? Sure, sure, but it's not for us, Mr. and Mrs. Hand said. Then we attended Sunday school for all you facial features. Do you remember? We came several Sundays a couple months ago. It was great to have you. But we just, everyone just wanted to talk and listen, smell and taste. It felt like you never wanted to get any work or get your hands dirty. Mr. and Mrs. Hand wanted to get their hands dirty, but everybody just wanted to talk and to listen, to smell and to taste. That's not for us. So anyways, Mrs. Hand and I were thinking about checking out the new church on the east side. We hear they do a lot of clapping and raising their hands, which is closer to what we need right now. Hmm, Noah replied, I see what you mean. We'd hate to see you go, but I guess you have to do what's good for you. It's At the end, it was hard for the Mr. and Mrs. Hand to put their finger on what was the problem. But they finally decided that the church wasn't for them. Mr. and Mrs. Hand wanted a church that did a lot of clapping and raising hands, of course, because they were hands. I know it sounds like a funny, fictitious story, but honestly, guys, honestly, we do the same thing. That church doesn't have what I need. That church has something different. That church, and we kind of complain about different things. At the end of the day, you know what makes up the church that you're complaining about? What makes up the church is you and me. We make the church with our diversities, with our hands, with our ears, with our nose, with our legs, with our toes. We're all different parts of the body, but we need each other. It's pretty clear. We can't all be hands. We can't all be the nose. We can't all be eyes. It would look kind of funny. We're all different, and that's good. No, I want a church that does this, that does this, and they don't do this. That's the church, when you complain about a church, by the way, you complain about yourself. You complain about who we are. We need to spend more time being united with each other, encouraging each other, finding the good in each other, taking the best from each other. That's what the church has always taught us. I showed you in Acts chapter 2, you said the ancient Orthodox church. This is treasures of the ancient faith. The treasures are... They were one. They ate together. They hung out together. They prayed together. They broke bread together. They were together. That takes effort. That takes a lot of effort from us. It's not just on Sunday. I'm going to repeat that over and over again. It's not just on Sunday. It's not just on Sunday. It's not 15 minutes of coffee hour. It's not just that time that we are together. We need to make time outside of these walls together. And we want to make sure many people come to be grafted into this church as well who are not part of a body. That being said, How do we continue keeping this unity? I wanted to show you what's right in front of you to help keep you connected and united with each other. Right in front of you every day. And it's in your handout as well. Follow in your handout, but the church helps us protect our unity through the sacraments. Did you really know the sacraments of the church are to protect our unity? I'm going to explain right now. In your handout, we're going to go through a few of them real quick. I think four. But the church... The church is not you just come in and and we leave you helpless. The church allows us to protect our unity through the sacraments. Look at this first one. In baptism, you are now part of the eternal family of God. When When you get baptized, you're now part of a family. Not just your own family, the eternal family. The family of last week, all the saints. Christ, apostles, disciples, the saints, you're part of that family now. You're part of this family now. We're part of a family. Eternally. Not just until you die. Eternally. That's what happens in baptism. We need to live out. By the way, when someone says live out your baptism, we live out your baptism by being united eternally. Look at the next one. In the Eucharist, which is our communion, you are now united with Christ in each other. When you partake of the body and blood, you're keeping and protecting that unity so important. Even Bishop Callistus Ware says it like this. What then holds the church together? Keep this in mind. The Orthodox answer, the act of communion in the sacraments. Unity is established by the celebration of the Eucharist. The act of communion, therefore, forms the criterion of membership of the church. When you come and partake of communion, you're saying, I'm united with him, with her. With him, with her, with him. I'm united with Abuna and deacons, church. When you come and partake, the Eucharist keeps us united. The first one, baptism keeps us, we're now part of the family of God. Eucharist now keeps it up. There's another one that maybe you didn't think about. In confession and repentance, I restore my unity with God and others. Now, look, look at this. If you are stuck in some kind of sin or weakness, when you go for a confession, guess what it does? It, it repairs you so you can be part of the church. I want you to imagine your, your hand is broken, right? Your hand is broken. What are you going to do? you Are going to leave it? No, you're going to get it fixed. So when you go to confession, you're getting your soul fixed so it can be working in the body. By the way, if you don't fix your hand, guess what happens? You're not going to be able to use it. You don't get, and it's useless to the body. Right? So, confession we look at is wow, I can't. You're healing your, like, God is healing you so you can be now united back with your brother and sister. Basically, what I'm trying to say, and I know you don't want to hear this my sin and your sin, unrepented, will hurt this church. That's the summary of it. Your sin and my sin, unrepented and not confessed, will hurt this church. Isn't that crazy? You can hurt me and I can hurt you. You can hurt each other. Why? Without this. This restores us. See how the unity is important through the sacrament? The last one here I'm going to share for today is church unity is evident in the sacrament of marriage. Remember Remember in Ephesians 5? Who remembers Ephesians 5? What did St. Paul say about marriage? The same way that Christ gave himself for the church, same way the husband gives himself and loves his wife. The way that a husband and wife are married together is how we should be married to the church. Marriage is a sacrament that you feel that happens once in someone's life, but marriage is something that we need to think more, that if there's a marriage between me and God and you and God, that sacrament... Is keeping unity in the home, but then it also teaches us how we should be united in the church as well. Guys, I don't want to say it this strongly, but I might say it this strongly. Our salvation, our eternal life, hinges on being connected to the body of Christ and being united. Church is not a place you come to take communion and leave. It's a place you build family, friendships, unity. It's a place where you get connected back to God and each other. Doesn't matter how different you are. Here is our action. We are done. Here is our action. Here is your and mine action. Number 1, I'm challenging you today and you can ignore me, you can close your eyes but I'm challenging you in the unity of the church to continue the tradition of the apostles to invest in relationships in your local church here. You invest. How? Call people. Meet up with people. Share the Bible with people. Pray with each other. Encourage each other. Visit each other. I'm the first one that needs to do this, and you join me. Investment in relationships with my local church. Church number two challenge for you today: invest and participate in the church sacraments. Well, I do, Abuna, but remember the ones I said today: not just Eucharist, but confession, repentance. Don't get married if you're already married, so that's already done. And all the other sacraments that we partake in are all there to help us stay united with Christ. Maybe it's a chance to to go to the confession and, re- and repentance to heal something in me that's broken so I can be of some use in the church. At the end of the day, do you know what happens in a united church? Here's what I believe our church will be. A united church is an unstoppable church. Our church. There's something else God wants from us, guys. The reason we decided to mention this unity of the church As we know we can't go outside the walls of the church to anyone. We can't be unstoppable unless we really are united. And when the apostles were united, they didn't just eat food together. They prayed together. I'm not saying do like gatherings in your home and invite people. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying do that but to be an unstoppable church, there has to be some element of God and prayer, encouragement. So I, I put it to you, to those challenges. But I really believe, and I've seen signs of it, that our church can be, I'm talking about STSA church here. I really believe that God has something ready for us. I really believe and I've seen signs of it in some of our community service here in Leesburg. I've seen it signs of it when I when I went to Bolivia and Atlanta and... I see signs of what God can do with us. But we must be united in prayer. We must be united with each other, with God, and invest in that. And as St. Paul says, the last verse I'll give you, I plead with you, brethren. This is kind of St. Paul's plea to all of us. I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind, in the same judgment. No divisions among you. If someone hurts you, let them know. Forgive them, let them know. Are people different? Of course they are. You're not all the hands, you're not all the feet. We're all different, that's what makes you great, that's what makes us great as a body. And don't forget our word of the day, which is perichoresis. Our word of the day is? The unity of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, their dance of love, the three of them as one. You see three, but you then you see one. When they see us in this world, they'll see many, but then they'll see one. Okay, that's the goal of the unity of the church. Glory be to God forever. Amen. Let's stand for prayer. Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Thank you, Lord, for my brothers and sisters who are before you. Thank you for their love for each other. Lord, you are the head, we are the body. We are useless without you. Help us to be connected to you, our Father, the Church, our Mother. We need you. Lord, if there's any divisions inside of this Church, please remove it. If there's any darkness or evil inside of each one of us, help us to repent and confess of it. Help us to be restored to you and to each other. Lord, we need you, and we need each other. Help us to live like the Apostles lived, in communion, in community, as one. Please forgive us for being lazy. Please forgive us for separating ourselves. Help us to, to join with you and to join with one another. Thank you, Lord, for this church. I'm so grateful that you gave me this church to be a part of. Thank you for my brothers and sisters before you. Please continue to work in our hearts, our lives. We ask all this in the name of St. Mary, St. Mark, St. Peter, St. Paul, St. Timothy, St. Athanasius, and all the saints. Lord, hear us thankfully say, Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.